So I'm sat in Soho and I'm sat with Jess Alban. Jess doesn't know this, which she might do because she might have read the article that I wrote about it. I met Jess in 1990. I'd just moved into a house in Muswell Hill with art students. I was on my placement year and Jess was one of the mates of the art students. And that whole immersion into the world of art, Mm. weirdly, changed my perception of so many things. It was untrue. So you were really pivotal in that. But also you added this just add water friends so like suddenly I wasn't alone in London yeah I had Catherine and Karen and I had a comrade had just left and uh, Katie Katie and Cecilia one of Catherine's mates I don't drowned two kittens in a toilet by mistake Oh, no, I don't remember remember. Celia. Maybe she wasn't at college. She wasn't. No, no, she wasn't. Yeah, I mean, they were maybe, yeah, they were attached. (laughs) It gave me this glimpse into a world that was creative and and I loved it. And it it really stuck with me. So so you, amongst the others, because you were the Mm. one that I liked the most, Mm. you don't know that. And your boyfriend at the time, Saul, who I really liked. Saul was lovely, really nice guy. And I just went, oh. I get it now. Yeah. That London's going to be all right. And that that feeling yeah. was enough to take me through that year. So I met Jess back then and Jess has gone on to do incredible things. Jess, do you want to just tell people in a minute or two who you are, what you do and why you matter? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> in a minute. Um, well, OK, so I... Um, I'm an artist. I've been working, um, you know, as an artist since I left college. Uh, I did have intentions to go on and do an MA, but um, sort of life had other plans and I went on to have children quite young. And so I have kind of over the over the last few decades have worked as an artist while bringing up a family and kind of carved out my own pathway, really. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've also always been very uh, involved with, with animals. That's, you know, was my first love. So I don't know, really. I suppose, you know, try to, um, how do I matter? That's a difficult one. Well, I matter because of my family, you know. And I try to, you know, everything you do, whether it's art, you know, or just, you know, you always try to um, do something with integrity and um, and something that means something to you, you know, and hope that that therefore has a good effect. Oh, and it does mean yeah. you know, people's responses to your artwork. I'll tell you why I love your work. I love art because of that experience. And I love maths and geometry and sh- shape and pattern and repetition mm. and, and, and pi and Fibonacci. And I love all those sequences. And I see them in your work. Mm. And I actually see, saw them, we'll get on to your dad in a minute, yeah. but I actually see them in your dad's work as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and it kind of gives me goosebumps. Yeah. We, we pulled apart art and science years ago and we've tried to see them as separate parts of the brain even. They're the same thing. Well, they are. They're very closely related. Absolutely. You know, and geometry, I mean, and sacred geometry and all of that, you know, it, it brings peace to our brains. Yeah. You know, we, we, we recognise it on a very cellular level. Totally. And that's what kind of fascinates me and draws me to it. Um, and, and the interesting, your, your, your use of words then was fascinating, sacred geometry. And I had this quite literal flashback to kind of acid-inspired art from the hippie generation. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it riffles and runs all the way through that, like Blackpool through a stick of rock. You can yeah. see 
those sacred numbers. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, I remember having a bit of a, uh, you know, a sort of epiphany in a way. And you're, you know, you're going back to those very early days, you know, and um, and doing um, E, if I'm allowed to say that. And, uh, and, and then seeing all these kind of, you know, things and thinking, well, if I'm kind of seeing this now, then it, you know, it, it it's part of me and it, it means yeah. something and I'm unlocking something and, and then I got into doors of perception and you know and all of that and it all started to kind of make sense and then my dad obviously was kind of working away on his numbers but he's been always very uh, anti-anything like that you know he gets to it in a different way yeah. um, but um, yeah it all started to make sense to me and um, and then I began working you know with uh, with geometry and I love it. And the roots to subconscious and the roots to, roots to deeper perception sometimes come through chemicals and sometimes come through meditation. Oh, absolutely, and meditation. Whatever. And later, you know, now now in my more more sort of <laughs> older years, you know. But you can, yes, you absolutely through 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 other ways you can you can reach these 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 places. Yeah. I had a gong bath. Um, I sound like a complete midlife crisis. <laughs> Man, and it's fifty-four How year was old that? man. I've never had one. Well, I've had three. Um, oh. The first one was pretty poor. Yeah, um, it was all right. It, it did yeah. its job. Yeah, you've got to get the right people, haven't you? There you go. So we were at an event called the Good Life Experience that my friend Charlie runs, and the guy that ran the the, the gong bath tent was just a master. Yeah, Nick and I were in there together, and. Um, now off he went, and and I did fall asleep. But he comes around and very gently taps your toes. And when we left, we had an hour mm. of that. I said to Nick, she, and then Nick said to me, you, "You, how do you feel?" I went, "I feel like I've been smoking. Mm. I feel like I'm stoned. Mm. Like we were that time when we were in Amsterdam and we thought everyone was walking the other way." And, they <laughs> and, um, and then we bumped into my mate Charlie, who runs the event. He went. Yeah. Are you two okay? Yeah. And it was otherworldly. Yeah. And so yeah. the next year we had the same experience with him and it was right. yeah, equally yeah, as good. Sort of, yeah, amazing. So it's the person. Yeah, it is. But Jess, I always start my interviews, interviews, podcasts, conversations with the same three questions and you've had no warning about this. No. So I, well, I like that, right? Cause yeah, you put me, I, well, I, yeah, I don't like to have to prepare for things. Snap. And mm. also I think we'll get more guttural answers. So childhood yeah. What did your childhood taste like? What did it smell of? And what did it sound like? Any order, first okay. things. Well, I'll just go to what pops into my mind. Mm. So what tastes like, I remember something that kind of, you know, I used to, you know, struck me as a child was, you know, I have very different grandparents. My mum's parents, my mum was brought up on a farm. My grandfather and grandmother were, were very conventional, um, but she had a very good life. And then my dad's family were very... Um, uh, my dad's father was a pacifist in the war and an architect and a uh, very... Um, he was an intellectual. Anyway, so one day I went... I had one, I had the, a fish pie at my grandmother's house, my mum's mum. And then I went to my other grandparents in the evening because they actually lived quite close in Lincolnshire. And another fish pie. And I just remember the difference between these two fish pies because they were basically the same thing. But, you know, my, obviously my mum's mum was a, you know, it was a lot blander, but equally nice in a way, a nice creamy sort of fish sauce. And then my, my dad's mother, and they they spent so much time in France as well. That was where they were, they, they, loved, they were Francophiles. 
and it was much kind of saltier and you know uh, richer in another way and that that just I don't know that was a thought that came to my head I love that I love that Uh, yeah and I used to ponder on that and then what was the other one smell Uh, okay so again well again sort of opposing smells well my mum would you know growing up in the house say at Christmas time or you know she would always light a lot of um, incense and we had do you remember um, potpourri which was (laughs) all the rage and you could buy the refresher drops for it and we had my mum my mum ran this funny um, it wasn't funny it was a lovely shop it was a beautiful shop in Essex we lived on a on a main road um, but there was it's the A604 between um, Colchester and, and Cambridge and so we got quite a lot of traffic through and we lived in an old house that was a bakery. So we had like this shop front. So for a while, my mum, when we were getting to sort of teenagers, she ran a shop where she sold sort of, you know, um, beautiful arty things, all kinds of things. And anyway, one of the things she did sell along with everything else was the potpourri. So we had loads of potpourri in the house. Um, so, my, yeah, smells like that, those sorts of smells. And then the other smell was the farmyard, which <laughs> is my, <laughs> again, my mum's parents. Because, you know, I spent a lot of my happiest memories was um, in Lincolnshire, in, you know, on the farm. Whereabouts in Lincolnshire? Um, do you, Legs, well, it's a place called Legsby, but it's near Market Raisin yeah, where they have it's a. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's lovely. It's very rural there. How long did you, did you say you lived there for a while? No, no. My 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 mum's family have always lived there and still do. And so we would go up there for holidays uh, whenever we could, really. I mean, Colchester, where we were, was quite country, you know, fied. But, oh, sorry, uh, but they, um, you know, Lincolnshire was like proper country and we could run around and, you know... Free range. Go, feel free, yeah, and be on the farm, which was great fun in those days. So I, I grew up in, a, in Leicestershire. I'm still in right, Leicestershire, okay, yeah. But that agricultural smell, and you could you could distinguish when there were pig muck spreading, which was really sharp and yes, acidic. Yes, exactly. Versus cow muck spreading, which yeah. was literally softer and more yeah, grass-like. And, yeah, and they've been digested yeah, in a yeah, longer yeah, way yeah, through yeah, the cow's Yeah, exactly. Bodies. And the smell of silage and oh, all sweetness. those... Yeah, yeah, those sorts of funny... Yeah, interesting. They stay with you, don't they? It's like you can summer, yeah. you can kind of... Yeah. Did you... Uh, you probably... Because you weren't... You didn't live there. You probably don't remember. We called it Thrip Day. It was the day around harvest time when all of the, the black bombers, the little flying insects, yeah. would come off the fields and that you, the, your house would be covered, your arms would be covered because yeah. they were being combined yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. had to get away. So we called that Thrip Day. And then there was also Flying Ant Day when all the flying ants had grown their wings. Right, well, I do remember that from Essex actually as well. It's actually. amazing. But yeah, I've not heard of Thrip Day. That's it, interesting. It, it, it might be a made-up local. It might be. An, I'll, ask, I'll ask my cousins. <laughs> it's really... They might call it something else, but it's just yeah. literally as, as the combines hit yeah. the fields that all the insects went, fuck this, and legged it. Well, I do remember the insects, yes. And like my grandmother's house, you know, you, you get a lot of flies and, yeah. you know, and even... Even though she was absolutely fastidious, um, you know, and it would, it would come in. You can't stop them. No, you can't. So it was a continual thing. I kind of like it in mm. many ways. I'm, and and we, obviously, with insect populations massively on the decline, yeah, I think, absolutely. don't quote me, but I think it's 60% down versus, because you're a few years younger than me, but versus, um, I was 68. Ah, th- oh, yes, I'm 71. 71, yeah. So, um, 
the the back in the seventies, I think we're sixty percent down in in wing borne insects since then. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll check that and put that on the yeah, show. Yeah, well, that's obviously something that's close to my heart. But yeah, and then and sadly, you know, it's the agriculture that's that's a lot to blame. It's for nearly this. all to blame for this. Yeah. Totally, and uh, I do remember, like years and years ago, I did a did this thing at natural at the Natural History Museum where I drew. It was in their garden then, and I don't think they've got the garden anymore. Um, anyway, and I was I was drawing bees, and it was kind of like a homage to bees, like how many bees I could do basically. And I was just sitting there doing bee after bee after bee on these little playing cards, which I still do actually. It's one thing, just one of the little things I do. <laughs> anyway, and I was talking to the public, and they were coming up, and it was quite interesting, like talking to people and seeing, like you know, what people thought about about bees and wasps and what have you. And I remember one person saying that they lived in somewhere really lovely. And they hardly had any insects because they were right near this farm. And, you know, and I just remember thinking, how disturbing is that? Really? Dis- yeah. Well, well that, you know, no insects, no us. No. It's as simple as that. So that was your taste and your smell, which I absolutely... Do you know what I love oh, about Oh, yeah, there's lo- another one. I love that those... You've got two extremes in both of those environments. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the smell is interesting. Masking and then unmasked. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and, yeah. you've got, and you've got... Um, um, Francophile luxury nan versus farming <laughs> yeah. um, down to earth nan. Although I would say, actually, in a way, probably my mum's parents were more uh, in in a conventional sense luxury. My dad's parents were, you know, never had any money because <laughs> they spent it all on on travelling. Creamy to, sauce. <laughs> yeah, eating basically. Uh, I yeah. love it. I, eating, really they did smile. seriously. So, um, what were the sounds of your childhood? Sounds okay. So the sounds of my childhood, apart from the A six O four, yeah, which was continual. Uh, okay, well, my dad, my parents, um, the, you know, they had a very limited record collection, and um, but all the records they had were were um, you know great records in a way, and I sort of p- picked out a couple of them. Which and one was Rubber Soul the Beatles, which I just I remember just sort of looking before I was even aware of who the Beatles were. I sort of remember looking at the cover and just looking at their faces and thinking, who are these men? You know, and being quite sort of fascinated. And I I was quite into music from an early age, and so I had a little record player, so I used to play that incessantly. And my and my um. And my mum and dad played sitar music all the time. They were really into, into Indian music and that whole thing. Um, so um, that was what was usually playing if they had people coming around, you know, they had friends around. It sounds like the Buddha of suburbia. It was. <laughs> right in your yes. lounge. You know, and I did enjoy that. That was sort of like after bed sounds like I could hear, you know. But in my bedroom, I played uh, mostly the Beatles and then later... Um, Abba. <laughs> I'm going to withhold all comment. On, no, I'm not. <laughs> but do you know what? You've you've really just pierced the bubble for me. So yeah. I look. What did you What did you just describe it? In in my bed sounds. Yeah, really... in my bed sounds. So when I'm in bed and I could hear my parents, because that I do remember is a real thing in childhood. Yeah. Is like hearing your parents' conversations when you've gone to bed when they had friends around, and also our house was a bit unusual. We lived in a. Um, it, it, the parts of the house was Elizabethan and was really old, but it was sort of uh, split 
um, like they were split in half and so our neighbours were in one half and it was a bit topsy-turvy and our living room was upstairs yeah. and the bedrooms were off the living room so um, you you know I was quite aware when my parents had friends around but I loved it I loved like being in bed and listening to their conversations and yeah and hearing the sitar music going Ravi Shankar and things I love that it's my, yeah. it's my second favourite restaurant on Drummond Street <laughs> is the Ravi Shankar actually but you've just yeah. I remember this so we didn't live in a in, in a split house but we lived in a bungalow so our right. bedrooms were really close yeah. to the living room and I, and I remember the feeling of how exotic it must be to stay up late have yeah. dinner talk about yoga which they did weirdly wow um, they were very forward thinking then <laughs> they were I remember the com- I remember hearing that conversation and listening to in their case it was mainly Cat Stevens yeah but um but headed that way, right? Headed oh, yeah, my that. dad my dad knew Cat Stevens for a short really? while. Oh, yes. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go on, sorry. No, no, I, just, I, I, just, I digress. I just remember it, 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 it was a world that I mm. I could only feel the shadow of it. Yeah. I couldn't see into it because I wasn't allowed up. No, exactly. Um, it's a shadow. You're right. And then and then we moved. No, they built us a bedroom in the attic. And and I could I would creep down the stairs and sit on the stairs. And listen to this adult world, which felt very grown up. And I, and I now look at my adult world yeah. and think it's not grown up at all. <laughs> no. um, and maybe theirs wasn't. Yeah, but it yeah, felt, yeah, it felt yeah, like yeah, it. yeah. Well, as a child, you do. You see, yeah, the, the parents are sort of these other beings in a way, weren't they? You know, or adults. I mean, I, I did live very much in a. Uh, I, I was very much in a, in in the world of 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 me and my friends and my cousins. I was very much in the children's world. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I was kind of interested to a degree in what the parents were doing, but I did there was a I did feel there was a division, which I'm not sure there is so much these days. I don't know, but um, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think I think it has blurred a little bit. Mm. And- and you were seen and not heard to a degree, although my parents weren't strict at oh, all. Oh, no, neither were mine. Mine were very sort of liberal, really. Well, because our parents' parents mm. fought in the mm. war. Yeah. Right? So so the reaction, you know, they were probably brought up in quite strict terms. The reaction to that is to be more chilled, I suspect. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting one. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. I've got that. That's a great image. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Ravi Shankar. Yes. Fish pie. <laughs> yeah. Potpourri cow um, shit. Yes. I love it. There you go. There you are. That sort of sums it up. <laughs> Did you, were you happy as a child? I Yeah, I was happy. I was happy. I mean, we left, um, you know, we were, I was born in London and then we left here when I was about six or seven and moved to Essex and... Um, and I, I, I loved it being in the countryside. I really, really loved that, that. And I had lots of friends in the village, which I got on well with. School was a bit more, you know, I didn't, you know, primary school was okay. It was always a bit, it, it was a bit, bit of a struggle coming from London because I didn't really like outsiders. And there was this, there was this thing, cause like we, you know, we lived on this sort of, yeah, it's like a street. And then up the hill was the village. And luckily, I had friends on the street, and it was a very close knit street. And we had a, you know, local shop and pubs, and we, you know, my mum and dad socialised. You know, everything was on our street, like literally small little street. And then, but the village, you know, they didn't, you know, there, there was a, they didn't like us so much. That's really interesting. Yeah, but were you, were you quite avant garde? Yes, they thought we were weird. Your dad was an art teacher, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, they thought we were a bit odd. Yeah. You know. 
but we didn't have money. It was just to do the fact that we came from, I mean, even in those days, I mean, now it seems a bit ridiculous, but a lot of people, you know, they hadn't even been to London, you know, and we came and we were like outsiders. It was like, you know, we spoke a bit different, you I, know. I read somewhere, I don't know where this was, that you had silver painted walls. That was it. Uh, that was in London, yeah. 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 And But to bring that aesthetic, Mm. So, so we're similar. Where we live is old mining, mm. and I love it, and we're mm. very fortunate. It's beautiful, but 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 we've bought a a, set, a bag of references, cultural references, that that are a little unusual, becoming yeah. less and less so. Yeah, of course now. And, yeah, and increasingly, I think I think people sort of struggle to know where to to put you. Yeah, exactly. It's a weird. It's a really weird one. So, so school wasn't great. Um, it was all right. It was all right. I did okay at school, and then once I got to secondary school, I found my people. I had a great gang of friends, and then of course, when I got to art school, I was in heaven. Tell me about that. That was heaven. So where you did know, you go to? What? That was Middlesex. Well, before that, I went to my dad's college actually in Colchester, and yeah. he, he ran the art college there, North Essex Schools of Art. So he was actually my head teacher for a while um, and uh, I probably gave him hell you know but I had great friends you know I found a real group of friends that I really got on well with and just being able to do art all day was just heaven you know so I yeah I loved art school absolutely loved it and I loved it when I got to Middlesex I mean sometimes the teachers pose problems and you know and the politics of things but but in terms of just general enjoyment and being able to do my work and I was always quite like, you know, I work every day and, you know, and then I would sort of enjoy myself in the evenings. <laughs> that's that's normal, right? I mean, yeah, we're, we're and, I, and I got into that at an early age and loved it, you know. But we went to uni at a time when we were paid to go to uni. I mean, yeah, I got a grant. Grants were 2,100 yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah. I remember living, I lived in Bradford for my, I went to university in Bradford and I was paying £16 a week rent. And I got two grand a year mm. in a grant. But the council deemed the £16 a week too high. Mm. So they sent me a cheque every week for £4. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got, so I got housing rebates wow, yeah. on my already stupidly yeah. low grant. And, yeah. I, and I remember moving to London into Muswell Hill, where the yeah. house that you would have remembered. Yeah. And um, in fact, we moved up to Catherine's Neighbours, actually, right, at Dukes right. Avenue in the end. And, and I remember thinking, well, my one week salary, and I was on six grand a year as a placement student one week's salary paid one month's rent my daughter then lived in yeah. London there was no way it's like three yeah. weeks salary yeah, pays yeah. one, yeah, one yeah. month's rent yeah yeah so we've kind of broken our young people and I think education is where it starts and ends really yeah absolutely so, it's so much more difficult now isn't you it? know and to find somewhere to live in London you know when you're you know I mean so many of like my kids friends have gone off you know gone off to uni and then you know, come back home again. You know, my son's still at home. <laughs> you know, we, we've got we've got two at home. Yeah. Um, and because you can't afford it yet. Afford you know, no. I mean, actually, my son can, and he he's off out. He's moving to Devon um, for a, sort of six months or so in January with his girlfriend. But my daughter Matilda, who's changed her career, she's going into childcare. She's probably going to be at home for the next couple of years. Yeah. And and I'm okay with that. I, li I mean, I like my kids. Well, which exactly. Is, yeah. it's, it's wonderful. And I think, you you know, you enjoy them for as long as you can. And, you know, my daughter Lola, she lives in Manchester. I mean, she's found her way, but, you know, which is great. But it is, 
London particularly <clears throat> is, is just so difficult. Yeah, Manchester's a great city. Where does yeah. she live? Um, she lives. Ancuts. She lives sort of um, near. Um, well, it's it's Salford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it's where lovely. she is. Really nice. It's, she loves it. It's one of my favourite cities, and um, yeah, it's a bit wet. But it is great, Manchester, and I've really enjoyed her being there because I've sort of regularly been going for a few years now, and and you know, and each time you go, it opens up a little bit more yeah. to you, and you kind of yeah, I've had some fantastic times well, there. Well, Nick Nick's always not liked it, mm. um, and and we've been together 30, yeah. since we met, um, and we went up for the hacienda fortieth. Oh, did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard about that. It was I didn't amazing. Go. It was amazing. Yeah. But for the first yeah. time ever, Nick came back and said, oh, I quite like Manchester. Mm. And we had the most, I can't remember what food we had. We went to a brilliant cafe. So we're going, we're going back on Sunday, yeah. all of us, two cars worth, just to go back to this cafe. And to, oh, I think we're where was the cafe? Somewhere. Was it? I'd have to look on my Instagram yeah. tag because I can't remember. But I will do that. Yeah, because my daughter, she, yeah, she knows a lot of the good cafes. I'd be interested to know. Yeah. It was so good. We just oh. typed in vegan cafe, yeah, and it was like around the corner from us. Right, blew our mind. Super, super. Oh, let me know. Yeah. So, so, tell me about university because the time we've nudged this yeah. is a little bit. But Stuart Lee has this conversation. Actually, he says all of the conditions that allowed great artists and comedians to emerge at the end of the nineties, end of the eighties, mm. yeah, have been removed. Yeah. So back then, you have you, you could piss around for three years, yeah. learn your trade. Then go on um, whatever it was called, some kind of um, some kind of support from the government, enterprise scheme from the government, and you could do that for two years. Yeah, and you could afford to live in the city you you worked in, and all of those conditions have gone. How did you use that? How did you use the freedom and the space to play um, at university? What, what did you come out with other than the career that you have? Um, that's interesting. I mean, our our um, our college. I mean, we we were um, you know uh, I was at Middlesex, and the the art department was Quicksilver Place, which is in Wood Green, um, which wasn't the most kind of glamorous <laughs> destinations at the time. But we had a great college, and we were sort of we were a bit like Goldsmiths in the sense that it was very free there, so you could kind of get on with what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what did I get? I mean. That's an interesting question. I mean, I I learnt because it was very free, and we it really was a case of you just got on with it. And some people sank in that mm. in that environment or went on to do different things. But I think that's also what being at art school is great about because a lot of people go off and do different things. It's like acting, you know, you learn skills. But but I learnt to be an artist there and to have the discipline to go in and do my work every day. And I guess. Um, I learned that. Repeat the question again. What were you getting? Yeah, at? so so I know. I was just I was just interested in that freedom. You've answered it to yeah. be honest with you. Some people sink in that freedom space. Yeah, and I wondered what it was that you learned, and you've 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 answered it really eloquently. Yeah, and also I think also we had to stand up for ourselves there. It's like we used to do these crits, which were terrifying you know and you'd have to put your work up and then you would stand there and they would sometimes they would decide that they were going to like totally pull you to pieces or you you know every now and again you'd get an easy easy ride but yeah I learned to I just learned to 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 stand on my own two feet stand up from what I was doing and just get on with it that's amazing I mean that sounds terrifying I remember at that age I'd have been 
any kind of negative criti- I, mean, I, I did a science mm. and geography degree right yeah so I was ask you that. it was not it was environmental science and, and human geography which I, I loved I loved mm. I love place space and the sustainability work that I've I'm one of the only people from my my degree who went into sustainability you've as a carried career. on yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah, the way you followed it through but I love this interaction like like art and science this interaction mm. between people place and purpose yeah um, but if somebody, had, if I'd have had a really bad mark, and I was lucky, mm. I didn't, mm. and it was ripped apart, and particularly as your crits were public, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, and since it was all the, oh yeah, a whole year was in there. Fucking hell! Yeah. I don't know how I could have dealt. I don't think I would have dealt with that. Yeah, well, that's why you had to be quite tough. But in order to be an artist, you do have to be quite yeah. tough, and you have to cope with rejection, or you know, not always being the flavour of the month or whatever. And that's that you have to have. I mean, a lot of us are really pain. You know, we are pained, and you know, and, you know, we 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 all have our, our inner demons. Sure. But you do have to learn to just kind of march on through that. No, I can if see you're going to keep going. And you came out of the same not the same place but the same year of st- the same stable as mm. the YBAs I mean yeah, it was that yeah, it was, exactly. and I remember Catherine I can never remember her surname Catherine who shared the flat with me she stuffed animals and cut them up yes and- well she was my she was Saul my, my old boyfriend's ex oh god I didn't know that Oh, yeah. I, I didn't, sp- oh, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah, sense yeah, any yeah. tension in that. Oh house. no, no, not at all, not at all. She was very sweet. She was yeah. very sweet, but I do remember. Yeah, I do well, remember. I'd, I'd come home yeah. from Camden. I'd cycle home, and I'd go. I wasn't. Oh, I had animals then. Yeah, and I went into the freezer to get my bacon and spinach. I've forgotten she did that, but you're right. Eight she squirrels. Did. I've got eight squirrels in the yeah. freezer with my bacon. Yeah, and she was really early. Yes, she was that, before Hurst. Yes, exactly. Do you know what I? I. I. I do remember that, and I'd completely forgotten. And, and it was quite before. I wonder what she's doing now. Uh, she's of all. I mean, I know I'm at Paul Dunthorne, who was also yeah. in that. He's like in charge of Channel Five. Yeah. After his foray into into Dirty Des's world. Yes. Um, <laughs> Karen did all the animation for oh, she Peppa Pig it? and right. Charlie and Lola. Oh, did she? Yeah, she, she. You should get in touch with her. She's such a yeah. I remember she was in doing animation. Woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you were obviously yeah. floated to the top of your world. Um, I don't know what Catherine did. Yeah. And then she went to France. I don't know where she went after that. That's interesting. Try and track. I'm really her down. glad to hear Karen doing well because I actually I remember her animation. Yeah, she did really uh, well. That's great. And she's still a, she's still like a lovely person. Yeah, that's... yeah. Well, she was. I remember very sweet, sweet. You all were. Um, <laughs> nearly, yeah. nearly all of you were. Nearly. <laughs> I have that one off the microphone yes, in a minute. I think so. So leaving. So you, so yeah. That time, um, that time must have been really exciting to be at the in the eye of this artistic storm. Yeah. And it was quickly followed by. The rise of New Labour and oh, Cool yeah. Britannia. Yeah, absolutely. That must have felt amazing surfing that that wave. Yeah, through. I mean, it was. I mean, we were now, you know, when I talk to my kids and I think back to what we came out of college into, you know, we were incredibly fortunate. Yeah. There was this, I mean, I remember when Tony Blair got in and there was this great joy it was like the sun had come out you know and we were like you're right and and, there was money and like you know money was getting put into things and you felt you could do what you wanted and also you know I mean to be honest when I came out of college um you know I uh, I went on the dole and I carried on working and I worked you know and the system supported me until I got forced to go to job club and then (laughs) and then And then, and then I very quickly went and got a job because I couldn't stand it. I think I lasted one day, 
um, um, but but you know for for a good couple of years I had studios and you know in Camden Lock and stuff and I managed you know I found my way you know with a bit of the help from the government you know a little bit of support and and I carried on doing what I was doing and then yeah and then made a career out of it and I think it is terribly sad that there is so you know there it, it isn't as easy as it was for us you know well and it's really short sight enterprise allowance scheme that was yes it. that's it's, it. it's really short-sighted because God, 30 it was 32 years ago mm. we met 32 oh, yeah. years later Long time. if you look at, at the value that the YBAs amongst other artists mm. have bought to the to the brand of Britain but the, the actual bottom line of mm. Britain, mm. you look at things like, and I know, I think you know Banksy, don't you? But mm. that whole world is so utterly, amazingly valuable, mm. culturally, economically, and reputationally. I think 30 years on from now, how, how are we going to, who will we have missed? Mm. Who wouldn't have come yeah, through? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because you do need, now, you know, we all need... I mean, it, you know, it's a struggle to live, isn't it? Mm. You know, for so many people, uh, and it's getting harder and harder, and it's grim. You know, I mean, really, I mean, without going into all too much, but you know, we have been. I mean, I'd you know, say so looking at my son's generation, particularly. You know, you cut pandemic. You know, first of all, Brexit. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Very depressing. Then the pandemic, yeah. <laughs> which was killing. You know, my son's a drummer. He's a musician. You know, he couldn't, you know, he was just, his band was just, you know, cutting somewhere. What's his suddenly, band? Um, the, the new band's Fresh Mint. Fresh Mint. Uh, yeah, and he also plays with Connie Constance. Oh, wow. He's doing very well. Yeah, very well. Uh, they, they, their band, Fresh Mint, is just sort of on the rise. They're just sort of getting going. But, yeah, you know, that, that really was was very difficult for him and I can see you know for his generation and I really felt for them and then come out of that and then we have you know what we've been going through in the last year yeah well it's a it's a, it's a recession it's just... that is going to be deepened and lengthened by Brexit yes the, you, there's no getting away from that no, um, no there isn't it's going to be very difficult there isn't so I, I do yeah I think we were very lucky very very lucky um, that we had the time that we had you know so how was I mean we had kids really young as yes, well. Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, and I loved I love being a young yeah, dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a young dad and I'm an old dad. I, as well. Same. Because <laughs> I had my daughter, my 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 little one, at, at just just before I turned forty. Wow. So I was sort of you know twenty uh, twenty four when I had Lola, and then yeah just before forty for Etta. If you'd been in Logan's Run, remember the day th- that day of euthanasia in Logan's Run. Uh, Oh, oh yes. When you yeah. hit forty, you were euthanized. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. I mean, Logan's Run. Like yeah. we're kids of the seventies, right? Those, yeah. those Blake Seven, Logan's Run, uh, those sort of sci-fi, yeah. dystopian things. They weren't. That was normal telly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was quite that amazing. That just made me think of Midsommar. Is it Midsommar? Have you yeah. seen that? Oh my god! There's old people and they cut, they go off the cliff. Oh. <laughs> so, so, so I'm I'm really interested in in how we can. As, as someone who has got a voice and a reputation, how can you help bring artists and, and people mm. who don't even... It's the, this is what I'm interested in. People who don't even know that they're artists because they haven't had the luxury of parents to see that. Yes, absolutely. Or the system to see that. How do we help those people express themselves and come through? Or is it just too late? 
That's a good question, isn't it? How do, how do you support? I mean, it, as you say, it is education, isn't it? Education is key, and I think what's going on in schools is so important. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. it, it that's where you, you're formed, isn't it? And I think the thing is, it's like you know, every most people I speak to, you know, I mean, I had I had a, a teacher that that kind of. He uh, he was he was actually the head of um, of uh, my of Middlesex, a guy called Richard Robbins, and I remember he gave me this. I don't know what it was. Why him more than anyone else? But he believed in me, and he put something into me. And I think most people. That's what you need. You just need totally. someone to recognise something in you. And usually, those people that do that are usually through education. But it can be workshops or it can be all kinds of things, can't it? Totally. And it, you're um, right. You need to be spotted by one. Yeah, to someone person. to connect with you. But in order for people to connect with you, you have to be in life and and communicating. And I guess the the big evil we have, you know, or the difficulty is with a lot of young people. They're so stuck on their phones and what have you. Um, so it's how you how you break through and connect and and I think school is is you know maybe the broken yeah so so we've educated all three ways state school um, we've got very dyslexic dyspraxic daughter who went to private school in fact four ways of educated mm. we went to our kids went to a community school where you pay a mm. little bit but it's yeah. utterly free yeah we're brilliant wow and then we've home educated for six oh, years as well wow. yeah which was I mean I say we. So you did must have done quite well during the pandemic. So you were quite was that we finished by then. Right. So so Mabel at that point. I found it very difficult. (laughs) Yeah. And we had the skills and the resources. And there's an there's a there's there's an organization called Education Otherwise. In fact, there are many now Mm. who help and support you so that you're not in the kitchen on your own. I mean, during the pandemic you would have been. So we educated one day on with Nick and the kids on their own. Two days with Nick and the kids in a group of maybe seven mums, 30 kids, maybe. Yeah. And then two days in a much bigger Leicestershire group of maybe, maybe 60 mums. 60, well, yeah. there were, yeah. they were all mums. Like, there might be 150 kids there. Yeah. So it was I, a really interesting. I did, a, I did, a, I can't remember the name of the, uh, of the, of the lady now, to be honest, but um, I did a couple of workshops with this woman in Bedford and she did that. She, she worked with homeschool kids yeah. and brought them in and did, workshops and I went in and did my B workshop with um, with a group of kids but it was it was interesting because they, they were all homeschooled and their mums were sort of around yeah um, you know yeah it's a, I think it's the most expensive form of education because one yeah. of you can't work right no however I think it's for some kids look, there isn't a model that works for everybody apart from possibly the Finnish model which is Second to none, apart from occasionally South Korea, they alternate. Yeah, I don't really know much about that. Well, they, they don't go to school till they're seven. No, I, oh, actually, I do know that. And they yeah. don't take exams until they leave. I know, that's brilliant, isn't and it? And they are the most amazing nation. I love Finland. Yeah, yeah, In fact, yeah. there's a piece in the um, summer special. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah. Of Finland, yeah. But I'm really interested in how we can catch this. But look, I'm acutely aware of time. Um, and, I, and I want to finish on your... Your, the, 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 the sort of theme of your work around nature mm. and how hopeful or not you are for the future of the planet and how you communicate that through the art that you deliver. Okay, so I mean, I one, you know, obviously, you know, a big part of my work is the work I've done for bees and I've worked with the, um, you know, the Bumblebee Conservation Trust and then recently this year, 
uh, earlier in the year, I went and did uh, a workshop at the Bellum Primary School. Mm-hmm. And what I love when I do that, and I sort of I, I I sort of did it for two days with various classes, and I got a good scope of kids there. Um, and the school's brilliant, you know, really great school. And we ended up doing um, uh, they they had a an art exhibition as well at the end of it. But I went in and I. First of all, I talked to the kids about what they knew. And what is hopeful is that these young kids are getting, you know, actually are learning about nature and bees. And one of the things I always say is, you know, can you tell the difference between a bee and a wasp? Be so that we take away that fear. Yeah. Because if you know that how gentle a bumblebee is, then you won't be scared of it. So it is, it's like breaking down those barriers with nature, trying to connect people with nature. And so we sort of end up, so we talk about it and then cover all kinds of subjects. And I kind of let it be quite free. So, you know, whatever comes up kind of thing. And then, and then we sort of, and then I got all the kids to sort of settle down and and draw a bee, and you know, uh, and and I guess it's and that's what I kind of do through my own work. It's that, and I guess again, it's like looking at a specimen. Like mm-hmm. I work from specimens, and so you 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 know you get drawn into the detail, and by that you start to really understand and look at the creature that you're drawing. And like for a long time, I got involved with spiders. And the more you look at something and the more you study it, you 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 become more familiar and so more connected. Do you know what I mean? And so I, I hope that, you know, I think I think we are, you know, people are because they have to, are becoming more connected to nature. And and I guess we've just got to keep on fighting and pushing you know, uh, for for people to be educated and to have experience with nature, to feel nature, you know, and then I hope that we, I mean, God knows, you know, to the, you know. Well, I, th- I think we're generative. Ha- ha- where we're going in the future, I've, you know, I don't know. I'm I th- not a scientist, I, you know. No, but I think I think there's, a, I think we're at a turning point, and not just we're not going to hit 1.5 degrees. We're gonna we're going to be at two, if not higher. Yeah. And that's devastating. Every one degree rise is a 10 percent reduction in food production. Well, exactly. Terrifying. Yeah. It is terrifying. It's- but. The world now understands regenerative agriculture, the yeah. power of the soil to hold carbon and yeah. the power of nature to pollinate. And I think there are advances. There are. Our government, English yeah. government, mm. is the is the most laggardy and appalling mm. of all of the great British governments in embracing of this. Of course they, <laughs> they didn't teach this at Eton. And so and so consequently, um I've got hope tinged with fear rather than fear tinged with hope. Yes. And and the work that you do and the placing the beauty of nature at the heart of art mm. is something that has happened for years. Yeah. And then we lost it. And with the work that you do, you're bringing it back. And yeah, well, that's what wonderful. I hope to do. You know, that is what I'm kind of hoping. So it's nice you put it like that. And you're beautiful. What you do is beautiful. You're amazing. Yeah. Beautiful inside and out, Jess. And Thank you. I'm super... Are your grandparents still alive? No, sadly all gone. <laughs> did, what did they think of what you were doing towards uh-huh. the end of their well, lives? That's, that's funny. I mean, my 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 mum's, because I do portraiture as well. I mean, it's not, you know, I tend to just, it's as it comes. And I've, I've done portraits of 
of of, of a lot of my family and my mum's parents, uh, my grandfather. I did a great portrait of him actually, which I still stand by. And I was twenty one. He hated it because I do him like an old man. So he didn't understand. But then I went on to do my grandmother when she was very old. She nearly hit a hundred, and um, I don't know. I don't know if she really understood, but she kind of. Again, she was very aware of her appearance and, and but my dad's my dad's father particularly, you know, he, he was an architect and uh I, I guess I sort of always felt very connected to him through my my you know, and my father. And then my mother also is an artist, but you know, um so I've I, I don't know, I'm very connected with my family through what I do. I haven't really broken the um what do you call it the mold <laughs> and then but but the nat the whole nature side and animals comes from my mum's side of the family yeah. being farmers and so um I don't know I don't know I mean my grandfather yeah they weren't around long enough to really see what I'm doing so it's That's interesting mm. and and just to finish off really you've just done an exhibition with your father and, mother. and your mother yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, that must have felt like some kind of circle, some kind of yeah. completion. Yeah. How was, did how did they enjoy working with you? Well, it was interesting because I, I initially, you know, I've had exhibitions with my mother in the past, and my mum did a show um, during the pandemic, uh, during lockdown, in um, a school in Romford, and no one came to see it, and it was a wonderful exhibition. And I sort of started to, my initially I started looking for somewhere for her, you know, but my mum's 80 and a lot of galleries these days, it's all, you know, about how much money you're going to make, you yeah. know, and sadly, they need to, they need to survive. Yeah. So they're not going to be very interested in an unknown artist. And uh, anyway, so, but then I found the Stash Gallery and... Um, uh, and they were, they, you know, we went to see them. And then it turned out that the lady there, she had been photographed um, as a child uh, at, um, in one of my dad's um, fun palaces. And her mother, um, very um, Molly Parkin, was a character of the day, knew my dad. So then she said, oh, your dad must, your dad must have a show here. And then I said, well, actually, I'm looking for my mum. And she said, oh, why don't you all do it? Wonderful. And then it was wonderful and it was such a lovely thing to do. And I think it was, you know, my mum just loved it from minute, you know, from beginning to end. She, you know, the whole process, she invited all her friends along and got out work from the 60s, which, you know, she sold well. So it was very, you know, life affirming for her and for my dad. And my dad also, you know, um, he got some people. I remember on one of the openings, this guy came along with it was one of his books from the 1970s, which has been out of print for years. And, you know, and he bought it for my dad to sign. So it was wonderful. wonderful. But also as a three, because I have been, I kind of did it in a bit, in a way for me, for me, it was in honour of them because I have equally drawn from both sides. I you know, I am, a, I am a, a sum of both parts. So it was, it was a celebration. I loved it. It was yeah. so fantastic to watch through Instagram. And I was gutted that I couldn't, I really wanted to come down. Yeah, just, shame you couldn't come uh, down. Life is shit sometimes. I know, it's just busy. <laughs> Jess, um, anyway, thank you very much, Mark. No, thank you. Thank you for, for, for just, you didn't know any of this, but at a point where I thought, fuck me, I'm in London, I'm lonely, I don't know anyone. You yeah. arrived being the nicest, of, and they're all lovely. No, oh, that's very nice. Nearly. That's nice. Being the nearly. nicest of an amazing group of people who all became my friends. 
nearly. <laughs> we were a great gang. You were we brilliant. Were, we were. And I we went were. to some of the um, the, the nights at, at, at the Poly. The disc, yeah. Uh, oh, disco. God, yeah, yeah. What do you yeah, really yeah. call them? I don't know yeah, but we yeah. had wild parties. Yeah, I, it was great. I, I enjoyed them, and, uh, and and I can't thank you enough for that. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. And to people want to again. follow you it's Je- at Jess Alban. Yeah, eight. Nine. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just all by nine yeah. on Instagram. I'll put it yeah. all in the notes. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, Mark. Oh, that's fucking eight. You're so lovely, Jack. <laughs>